Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hello and welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. This is Gavin Preston, your host, business mentor, speaker and growth expert and author. Today we're going to be speaking with Steve Jacob. Steve uh, is a partner, a founding partner of the Fabric Property Group, F-A-B-R-I-K, Fabric Property Group. We had a fascinating conversation, a bit about his life story and then went on to talk about his sort of daily routines, the importance of looking after himself physically, uh, his own uh, sort of uh, hacks around productivity and time management and how he structured his day in the morning, stuff around resilience, but also about their journey around property and the work that Fabric Property Group are doing for investors uh, in Blackpool in the northwest of England. You'll find it a fascinating conversation. So straight into the interview now with Steve Jacob of the Fabric Property Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Business Mastermind. Today I'm here with Steve Jacob. Steve, welcome. Let's start off by you explaining who you are, what it is you do for a living. Yeah, so I'm Steve Jacob. I'm the co-founder of Fabric Property Group. Fabric Property Group are a turnkey property business. We source property for investors construct the property into whatever they need, it needs to be constructed into and then we deal with the ongoing management for the investors. Steve I know you've got some pretty lofty ambitions about where you and your business partner Matt want to take Fabric Property Group. Tell us about those. So we want to be the market leader when it comes to property investment. If you're say you know from a different country or even if you're a high net worth here we want you to think Fabric Property Group when thinking about where to put your money when going into property. So when you think pensions, insurances, you think St. James's Place. When you think stocks and shares, you might think Hargreaves Lansdowne. That's what we want to create for the property market. What are the things that you're doing now to build that brand and that reputation? So we're, we're really working hard on the current systems. Our properties, property company is currently based in Blackpool in the Northwest. Um, so we're working on the systems hard there and we don't want to move to another town until all the systems are in place there. It is probably one of the toughest markets to be in when it comes to residential management, legal, you know, being on point with legal requirements and stuff like that because the tenants know their apples. You need to have all your ducks in a line. So we sort of feel that if we can do it there, we can do it anywhere. Fantastic. So your journey didn't start in property, did it, Steve? So do you want to tell us about your background and what brought you to the point of uh, joining Matt and creating Fabric Property Group? Yeah, so I wasn't on the greatest in school and um, ended up, I got asked to leave school uh, because I just I just couldn't get on with it, you know, I wasn't interested in it. Um, and I think that's a problem that's happening in the, in the world today with kids. So I went out and I bounced from construction job to construction job until I became a scaffolder. I was a scaffolder for four years, which really built my character. It made me tough and it made me learn how to work hard, long hours. And I really liked being on price work. I liked earning as much money as I could. And you saw that great relationship between the amount of effort, the amount of work you put in and the money that you earned. It was so simple. Sharp at 6am, graft as hard as you can, 
get paid to three hundred quid at the end of the day. And you know, I, I I chose to work with the hardest workers in the in the firm, and they they in turn you know made me a lot of money as a, as, as a youngster. <clears throat> and then I guess my breakthrough moment come when I got offered a job in the city, being a salesman. I was an investment broker, and um, it was a really life-changing moment because sales most people think is about selling your products and it's about selling but this guy taught that to be a good salesperson you need to have the correct attitude and um, I don't think that's just being a salesman I think if you've got a good attitude and a positive mindset you can basically take on any challenge and um, he just embedded this stuff into me you know daily rituals daily routines and you know developing a positive mindset and yeah, it just changed my life. We were talking earlier on about how you used to have quite a lot of negative self-talk and part of this mentoring you got in this new uh, investment sales role was uh, helping you to uh, be aware of and then change that uh, self-talk, that negative chatter in your head. Yeah, well, th- I mean, literally, you don't realise, a lot of people don't realise that when they talk, how th- the words they're saying, how they are actually paving out their future. And, you know, this guy taught me this and he said, look, everything that leaves your lips is very important because you're paving out your road effectively. And, you know, he would hold big, you know, there was about 60 of us and he would hold big events where we'd go and watch him speak. He'd only do it to internal staff members. It was like visionary stuff. And uh, he'd say something negative, but he'd actually stop himself in front of the whole audience and say, sorry, let me rephrase that. And he'd rephrase it in a positive way. And and I picked that up. So if you ever hear me say something, you know, we have to negative things leave our lips at the end of the day. But I'll always try to pause, you know, and, and, and reword things because, you know, you, you pave your future with your words. For sure. And the things that you're thinking in your, uh, in, inside in your head and saying on the outside are actually reinforcing the reality. And actually changing and influencing the story that you tell yourself on a yeah. daily, weekly, monthly basis. And that story that you tell yourself is the story that binds you. A hundred percent. You know, if you wake up and, oh, it's, everything's so hard and it's a terrible day. I mean, you know, um, Sophia, who's sitting next to us now, she'll tell you, like, I have really high, high pressure and stressful job. But as I'm having these stressful moments, I'm always trying to correct myself that, you know, we'll be okay. Things will be fine. You'll get through it. It's just a, it's just a momentary blip, and by telling yourself that, it becomes that. So, so in the world of investment sales, obviously a, a high pressured, high stressed role that you yeah. survive or uh, you know thrive on, whether your last day or even your last hours worth of sales in, in investment sales in the city. So, what was it that you paid attention to, that you coached yourself on, that helped you achieve a level of success relatively quickly? I have been always an avid listener. If I see someone and I aspire to be like them, I just take their advice. And that's that's basically the long and short of it. I met this guy. He just wowed me with his original pitch of who he was and how he became. He was a shoe salesman, you know, and he's owned yachts by the time I'm, I, you know, he stood in front of me. And I just looked at this guy and thought, I'm just going to listen to everything you say. I'm going to do everything you do. And, and see if it works. And he said something to me which really rang true. He said, I have absolutely no reason to lie to you because my time is very valuable. So everything I tell you to do is because you're going to, in some way, put money back in my pocket. 
you know, why would I be here telling you to do this and that if it didn't work, if it didn't make you money, but also make me money along the way? And he said, you're going to go home to your parents and they're going to tell you you've been given a scam job or minimum wage and, 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 and not to trust me. They're saying them things because they're afraid. They're afraid of you failing. Yeah. I got home and what happened? Mum and dad, they're minimum wage. You can't afford the train. You know, you're not going to earn any commission. They, they love me, but they're also, they also were scared that I'd fail. And I just followed this guy. And then, you know, when he took me as far as he could, I looked for the next guy. Uh, you know, I, you know, I listen a lot to yourself, Gavin, when it comes to business strategy, because you worked at KPMG. You've seen bigger businesses than me. So if I don't listen to you, sure. I fall to myself. Fantastic. And as you begin to grow and scale, you you developed a number of different elements to the Fabric Property Group, haven't you? So you want to share with us the number of different elements to the group? So we've got the sourcing arm, which sources property for the investors below market value. That arm is um, uh, basically a sales arm. So it packages up the property deal for the investor, makes it as easy to read as possible. A lot of these deals are off market, so you're not going to find them on right move. We hand them to an investor. They then put a deposit down to secure the deal. We go through the sales process. They purchase the property. We then pass it to our construction arm. Our construction arm has a quantity surveyor in it, which oversees the job, gets the schedule of works done, the program, the contracts, and monitors the job. He sends a video to every landlord every Friday to show them the progression of the job. Once the construction's done and it's signed off by all parties, it goes to the management arm. Now, we manage two different types of management, and we have two different companies for it. So you've got residential management, you've got service accommodation management. And um, they both run differently, so they're different businesses. And depending on what you bought, what strategy you bought the deal on will be dependent on which management company it ends up in. Fantastic. And that's all within the Blackpool postcode? At the moment, yes. You know, so as long as we can get to your property in 10 or 20 minutes from our main office in central Blackpool, we're fine. So we do go to the more affluent areas. We have got properties in the more affluent areas. We've just recently been asked to build a business park for quite a wealthy guy, which we're currently constructing that deal now. So we'll be managing that for him because he lives in London. Um so, yeah, as long as you're 10 minutes from there, we can sort of handle it. We know all the trades. We know the market inside out. But the reason we're staying there so intently at the moment is to build the systems ready for us to scale across the country. One of the things I've noticed with you, Steve, is that you spend an awful lot of time and, and obviously invest money in attending high-quality masterminds. Now, with so much going on in the day job, yes, you've got Matt um, as your business partner, partner helping run the business from day-to-day point of view but you're investing a lot of time and money in high-quality mentor, uh, mentoring, in attending masterminds, in attending training courses. You're a smart guy, so you've obviously worked out that you're going to get a return on investment on that. Yeah, it's a long-term investment. Sometimes, yeah, you know, you don't get a return. Um, but show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So simple as that. If I can get round a ultra, you know, high net worth, or even, not always money, if the person I feel can give me something in return. And when you're in these networks, you meet people, you build your personal brand, people get to know who you are. And, you know, it's very easy to see a photo of someone on a business card or a video and you actually get to know the person. And, um, you know, there's not many groups I've gone into that I haven't extracted value, whether that be education or sales or 
you know, so yeah. And these contacts that you make quite quickly snowball into some really fantastic and interesting opportunities, don't they? Yeah, I mean, literally, we're here today, aren't we, at Assets for Life? And um, Justin Whitmore, we were, we were good friends. Um, we knew each other on the circuit, but, you know, Assets for Life for a retreat. And, you know, I, I'm... I, how do I say this in the most in the nicest way? Sometimes you could think, you know, what are you going to learn there? But you know, I thought, you know, I'm going to go for it, and I I went for it, and I'm really glad I did because my relationship with Justin Whittemore just got really strong on on that trip. We went out, we had drinks together, we've come home. We're now looking at you know a 58 unit scheme in Milton Keynes. We work very closely with um, some fund managers who um, have turned out to be really good friends and future investors in our business we're friends but we're also we're investing in each other you know it, and it's just created this amazing relationship and in a world of increased digitization social networks everybody communicating their lives uh, via their smartphone actually you're investing in offline face-to-face relationships because people do business with people they know like and trust a hundred like for me i will not buy a property in a town Unless, number one, either I know the market inside out or number two, the guy next to me, he's got expertise, he knows the market and I wouldn't even do it if he wasn't a 50% shareholder. Whether I raised all the money, he found the deal, it wouldn't matter. Shares don't matter because the deal's going to stack or not stack based on the team you've got around you. So, you know, Justin, uh, this deal actually came to me, this 58 unit deal. I took it to Justin. It was up for like seven million quid or something. And, um, you know, Justin went, that's just ridiculous. It's not worth that at all. It's probably worth two if we get round it. So I told the saucer, you know, it's, I think it's worth two. And um, the saucer's now in mid negotiations. But I wouldn't have even started if I didn't have Justin. Now, when that deal finally comes to fruition and we get the offer accepted, whether I raise the money, he raises the money, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't do that deal unless he was a 50-50 partner. Fantastic. Collaboration over competition every time. Every time. You mentioned early on that uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And um, obviously people want to do that in the world of business, but not always are they able to hang out with the right people personally or in terms of their family. And as you shared earlier today, that sometimes even your own family unwittingly can hold you back. So what advice would you give to people who want to hang out with the right people to, you know, who you hang out with, who you become, so hang out with the right people when they might have some influences at home or with their friend, close friends that um, aren't the best that could be holding them back? Just networking groups, really. You know, honestly, like, you know, your friends and family will think you're a bit bonkers going along to all these different events. And to them, it's alien. You know, there's nothing... To them, it's just different. They've got different aspirations than you. You know, you know. I have got a fantastic family. Like they literally are very much a family. They, you know, home home based people. To go out and meet new people um, might not. It might not be the same to them. But just get out to local networking events. There's plenty of free ones. Actively source the people in that group that inspire you. And, you know, just go and ask them for, to go for a coffee, you know. how the, the way I always start a relationship is how can I help you? Not what can you do for me, how can I help you? Because at the end of the day, if there's a way I can help you, then naturally there's going to be some sort of business done along the way. There are a lot of moving parts in Fabric Property Group and a number of different elements or sort of businesses within the group, as you've already explained. Yeah. Um, when an increasing level of deal flow coming your way, how is it that, 
that you and and your business partner Matt uh, deal with the ever increasing demands on your time. You know, I know, you're not, I know you're not the finished product with this yet, but sometimes it's chaotic, as you were saying earlier. But what is it you're paying attention to, or how you're coaching yourself through the challenge challenges of dealing with multiple competing demands with ever decreasing time frames? Well, I'm definitely not an expert. I would never call myself, well, one day I might. But at the moment, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. But uh, one of my you know, all-time favourite mentors we've, I've not met yet is Dan Pena, 76-year-old um, uh, business guy. He's actually an American that lives in Scotland. And he says, um, the art of war is correct. From chaos comes order. And I think if your business is not in some form of chaos, you're just not pushing it hard enough, you know. So there's constantly chaos in one department, you know. There's constantly some problem that we've got to fix, you know. We're always listening to customers. Oh, there's a, we've had a complaint come in. Can we put a system around that complaint to stop that happening again and again and again? You know, we're not, we will fix the problem as best as we can, but what we really want to learn from the complaints the customers bring us is how we can fix it for the future. And nothing's overnight. Um, you know, I always say to every customer, look, you know, I'm not Donald Trump. I'm not promising that I'm the best property guy in the world, but I'm going to give you the best honest service I can. So how do you manage chaos? You just, you just find a way and you, pick, you choose good people. Kiss a few frogs. Of course, that's great advice. Surround yourself by good people. You know, many uh, a very successful businessman or entrepreneur will say that they stand on the shoulder of giants. Uh, one really good piece of advice that I heard last year, which, which really resonated with me, is when it comes to hiring. Always hire someone at the upper limit of what you can afford, if not just beyond that. Because if you the, the the impact of bringing a high quality person into your business is it, it, profound, it's fantastic. Your business, and you know that speaks to the advice from Jim Collins in his book yeah, "From Good to Great." He says first get the right people on the bus, and then decide what seat to put them in. A hundred percent, and as well, sometimes you know what's happened as of late is sometimes I'll I have a budget for someone, I'll go for a higher budget person. And I'll bring them into the business and I'll share with them that this is what I'm trying to achieve. I can't afford you right now, but if you take the hit with me now, I will be able to afford you one day and more. And, you know, I won an exceptional um, executive assistant from the city and she's given me 100% commitment. And, you know, um, she, she just has been an amazing addition to the team. And she actually took a pay cut to come with me. She shared in the vision, and one day I'll make sure that the re- she returns that investment. And the key thing to that is having a clear vision for your business and your team so you can get them engaged with that vision, get them fired up, and so that how they can see the potential for, for the business and the, themselves as part being a part of that. Yeah, you've got them, you've got to constantly, as a, as, as a leader, you've got to constantly be telling people why they're here. You know, people do need money to survive. People like to be a part of saying of something. And Steve Jobs, he was a big visionary. You know, they could have gone and worked at IBM, his team. They could have gone and worked at Microsoft. They chose to work with Apple, and you know, they took shares. Yeah, making a dent in the universe. Yeah, and they did. Uh, or like Elon Musk, you know, people wanting to go and work with him at SpaceX, and he's got this vision that the human race needs to be part of multiplanetary species. So people are signing up and engaging and being a part of uh, SpaceX and working incredibly hard because. They want to be the team that helps to make uh, colonize the human beings on Mars and make Mars a uh, multi-planetary species or 
vision with Tesla to wanting to accelerate the world towards sustainable energy generation and transport. You know, very big, uh, very big visions. 100%. And I mean, literally, if you sat my business partner here, he definitely wouldn't say I was the best manager. He would not say I'm the best technician. That's 100%. But he would say one thing I, I really try to do well is just share my vision with the team because the vision in my mind is so clear. You know, I, I can see it. It's like an oil painting to me what I want to achieve, where I want to be. But it's how can I portray that to them, but not just the vision, how it can benefit them, how it can benefit their families, especially, you know, got a lot of young women work for us. I actually think women are, well, I'm, I'm going to go, I might go sexist here on the, uh, on, the, on the podcast a little bit, but women are great, great employees. They're great people to have in your business, great managers. And, um, you know, I tell them all the time, like, you can be the breadwinner of your household. And I mean it when I say it, you know, I don't just say it um, ad hoc. And anyone in the good thing about a small private business is anybody in that business can carve themselves an opportunity. Big corporates, you do become a number, you can become a number, but a small private business, you can always carve yourself out an opportunity. And when my kids are older, if they're not natural leaders, because, you know, a leader is one in a hundred, um, I'll always say to them, get behind a leader early days, forget the money, don't even talk to him about money, but if you believe in him, just, just, just grab hold of that vision with him and make it happen. And that's what I did in terms of getting my role within my job and training contract within KPMG. I went to them as uh, for a summer job whilst I was at university. And in the first weeks I worked with them, I worked in their insolvency department and I just filed. Did nothing but files like eight hours a day for two weeks. And uh, I remember my dad saying to me that just remember, Gavin, filing is like the traffic light system to a business, you know, the systems and processes that, that will help that business and that organization take, just go through it with loads of energy and uh, do it to the very best of your ability. And I did that. And as a result of that, I got offered a, a trading contract uh, to train to be a chartered accountant with, with KPMG. And what an amazing story that is in itself. I mean, the story that sticks with me is I actually used to speak at schools and stuff like that when I was uh, I was sort of, sort of in the city. I really wanted to give back. And I spoke to someone who then spoke to their brother. Or, or, I, I can't even remember how it came about, but the story that came back to me was he was desperate to be a football manager, this kid. You know, he wasn't ever going to be a footballer, but he wanted to be a football manager. And I said to the, the kids in the room, if you ever want to be something, offer your services for free. If you want it that much, offer it for free. It's very hard for a boss to refuse a free employee. But then once you're in, it's also very hard for a boss not to pay you. As long as you're delivering value. As long as, yeah. As long, and this guy ended up cleaning boots and, you know, fixing the locker rooms up. And he's now on a training contract with Southend United. Well, that was three, four years ago. But that story come back round to me and... You know, that's that's why I do love doing these podcasts, speaking and anything I can, not because purely for value for me, but if you can just change one person's life, like that guy that changed my life, what he did for me, I mean, he took me from one trajectory to a completely different place. So, you know. One of the things I heard you talking about earlier on was about your morning routine. Uh, at the time of this uh, podcast recording, I recently finished listening to The 5am Club by Robin Sharma, which I properly loved as a book. Another great book that I've used with my clients and the contents of my clients around morning rituals and morning routines is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. So Steve, tell, tell me a bit about your morning ritual and how you get yourself set up right uh, for the day ahead. Well, The 5am Club come out and I thought, well, someone's beating me to the worm. You know, 
So, you know, I thought where I, I, I struggled to find a gym that opened at five. And I now go to a spit and sawdust gym where the men that go there are honestly the size of a house and can bench press an unbelievable amount of weight. But I found one. And, um, and it opens at five. It opens at five. Probably it's the only gym in the uh, whole county yeah, that opens at so five. So I, I actually get up at about quarter to four, stir for a little bit, get out of bed at four. Um, I go downstairs. I, I take my dog for a walk, say, go to the toilet. And then I meditate for 20 minutes, which was advised to me by Will Paulson. And that's been a, a game changer for me. Once I've done the meditation, get myself ready. I have all my vitamins and stuff at that time. And then I go to the gym. I get there for five, train till between six and seven, depending on my commitments, go home, see my kids, play with my kids, and then try to get into work between nine and 10. Then the chaos begins, just, you know, like a laser beam on my business and um, get home for about between six, uh, six and seven, um, try to spend some more time with the kids, get him to bed. Hopefully I get time to read him a bedtime story and then go back to work until my eyes can't start open anymore, really. I know when many will think uh, when we're talking about getting up at 5am or in your case 4am, many people think, what time do you go to bed? You know, how much sleep do you need? I actually quite good. I mean, I try to get to bed between 9 and 11. And, you know, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger says it best, sleep faster. <laughs> if you, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're not getting enough, you know, if you're not getting your eight hours in, sleep a little faster. Um, and I, I think it's just a habit, really. Like, you know, my nutrition's good, so I think my body's well-fueled. Intermittent fasting is, for me, definitely a game Tell me changer. Tell about that. So, <clears throat> I mean, uh, Thomas Delauer was my co- online coach um, in the States. And intermittent fasting, it basically runs you at a caloric deficit because you don't eat your first meal until 1 p.m. So up until 1 p.m., I have water or black coffee. I then have an eating window between 1 and 8 p.m. where, you know, some people eat whatever they want. I personally don't. I eat relatively healthy. At 1 p.m., you're pretty hungry. So a salad is like... And you've been up since 4am and done a two-hour workout in the middle of all this. So by one o'clock, you must be absolutely ravenous. By one, a salad looks like curry to a whatever head. And uh, uh, I go through it. I demolish it. You can have a really big lunch. And then, you know, I'm running at a caloric deficit. It's very hard to catch up at that point. Um, So you're losing weight, which is a good, good benefit. But the hidden benefits that most people don't know about, when you fall asleep, you begin to release growth hormone. And that happens throughout your whole life until the day you die. It just slows down over time. And growth hormone is um, basically youth serum for the body. It rejuvenates us. So when you wake up in the morning, your growth hormone steadily throughout the night increases and you wake up and the only thing that can shut growth hormone off is a spike in insulin. So most people have breakfast, spike in insulin, shut their growth hormone off. My growth hormone keeps going crazy till one o'clock. Um, also, there's a scientific uh, benefit called autopathy. So your body doesn't use food for energy. It uses dead cells. So if you look at 50, 60-year-old guys on YouTube who have intermittent fasted for the last 10 years, you'll notice how young they look their skin, their hair is better. And that's because of the autopathy process. So basically up until one o'clock, you don't eat. And then you have between one and yeah. what eight, two meals a day? Uh, sometimes I'll have two meals for lunch. And the, the waiter thinks I'm mad, you know, as a, a, as a hatter. But, you know, it, 
I don't really count it. And that's what I like about the diet. I'm losing weight. My muscles, you know, I, you know, you do build muscle because of the growth hormone process and uh, you're not counting calories. When you're waking up and to go, going to work out for uh, one to two hours, do you have enough energy for that if you've not eaten? Uh, definitely if I, eat, if I would have eaten and had a couple more hours in bed, I'll be able to lift more weights. You know, there's, there's no doubt about that. But I don't struggle in the gym. I did an hour's walk this morning, did a little bit of weights. Most, I mean, you know, most days, my, the, my current regime is to do a day's walking and then a day's weights. And I do reverse pyramid sets, so I do heaviest sets sure. first and then work backwards. Yeah. And uh, as we draw the conversation to an end, Steve, I'm always interested and fascinated by people's time hacks. Is there anything that you do to get more done in less time? Hire good staff, use technology, the Apple iPhone, we, who hasn't got one? Fantastic. So if people want to find out more about Steve Jacob and the Fabric Property Group, where do they go? Ask my PA. <laughs> She's probably got it. Like literally my PA has been a godsend. And as well, you know, I've got to big him up. Have, um, uh, have, have, a, have, a, have a great business partner. You know, I'm not technically minded. He is. Um, if you've got a business partner and you're not necessarily the most organized or, or, or the best at technology, get someone around you that is because they sort of put it into your business for you. They put a bit of structure in for you. So you can do um, at Steve underscore underscore Jacob on Instagram. You can follow me on there. Um, you can go on the Fabric Property Group website. We've got at fabric.property.group Instagram and, um, you know, get in touch. Give us a call. And I'm getting told by my assistant LinkedIn as well, Steve Jacob on LinkedIn. But you'll be able to get in touch with me if you, you know, direct message me, I'll always reply. And what kind of investors or deals are you looking for? So look, we're always looking for new investors. We'll talk to anybody, but realistically now, the reputation we've built, we, we want to work with, you know, the people at the top of their game. We want to work with higher net worth investors. Um, we want to do bigger deals. We're happy to do joint ventures in some circumstances. So, you know, if you've got a deal currently... Blackpool, Milton Keynes, South East, Essex and Kent. I've got partners on the ground there that I trust. So I can, if you've got a really good deal, I'll have a look at it. And if there's a distressed seller behind it or something like that. But investors wise, if you want to come and work with us, um, it's best you come into us, you know, with the approach. If you're coming into Blackpool, we're, but, you know, take it as a hands-off approach. We do everything for you. Fantastic. Thanks for your time, Steve. Thanks, Gav. Let's speak soon. This episode of the Business Mastermind is brought to you by the Evolve Mastermind. The Evolve Mastermind is a business mastermind for business owners of businesses turning over between 500,000 and 5 million per annum. Their monthly events provide you with solutions, strategies, inspiration and insights to help you scale and grow your business. Each month there's a hand-picked speaker to provide you with relevant strategies plus time to mastermind with other business owners on issues that are facing you and your business. With groups in Chelmsford in Essex and Manchester in the Northwest and more locations planned, go to www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. That's www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success 
and create more impact.